0: Thanks for joining us for another inspiring message from Pastor Derek Dunn, lead pastor of Alive Church Orange County. To find out more about Alive Church or Pastor Derek, please visit AliveChurchOC.org or DerekDunn.org. You can also follow us on your favorite social media platform at AliveChurchOC or DerekDunnOC. Amen, amen. Father, we just thank you for a wonderful time of praise and worship. We thank you for your presence that's here and Holy Spirit. Just as you moved in the first service, we pray that you just continue to move today. Touch every heart. God, we're hungry for you. God, just just lift your hands around and say, God, I'm hungry for you. God, we're not satisfied, but God, we're hungry for more of you. So we welcome you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Tell your neighbor, say, get ready for the word. Last week, we started a series, and we, we uh, began to talk about revival or nothing. And, and, and basically, what is it? We, as, as believers, that has to come to a place where we, we have a cry in our heart. We want revival. Nothing else will satisfy. Nothing else will matter. Doing church as we know it, just going to the, the motions of a religious order, it, it doesn't satisfy. We can be in church, but we're not really encountering God. I mean, it's amazing. Some people come to church, and they left. and said, well, the worship was too long. I'm like, why are we here? I mean, it's a worship service, right? It's not about us, it's about God. Well, I got plans. I got to be out at 50 minutes. If you go beyond 55 minutes, I'm gone. Later, <laughs> sometimes God shows up at 60 minutes. <laughs> Some God got times God shows up. We have to wait on the Lord. The early church was in the upper room, and Jesus told thousands of people, wait until you receive power on high. Guess what? Only 120 were still there. Some got busy, I got stuff to do. I gotta go to work. I got family. I've got this. I got sports. I got all of our excuses. But 120 experienced the outpouring of God because they were saying we're not leaving revival or nothing else. And so we want revival. That nothing less than a revival can, can change our world. It's not about uh, human wisdom. There's a lot of positive messages out there. Even the secular world, they call mindsets and wake up with we'll have a positive mindset. It's not just being positive that's going to change our world. We need the power of God. Paul said it's not the, the enticing words of human wisdom that makes a difference. It's the power and the demonstration that God is real. Where if you leave, I don't care if you, if you, if you, you, know, if, if you remember everything I said, but if you come and you encounter God, Amen. that's the thing you're going to take with you. Amen? Amen. And so th- this morning, I want to kind of continue in the flow. Last week, we were talking about the fire, and, and if we look at fire in the natural, fire burns. It purifies. It purifies. We look at fire and and what does it do? It begins to ignite other things. And so as we're on fire, what is really revival? It's having the fire of God in our lives. And when we're on fire, we should be igniting other people. If we're not igniting other people, we need to really examine where are we at. Maybe uh, we have some coals that are still burning. We're still, we're still alive in Christ. But the, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to fan the flames of revival. So we're out there and say, woe am I if I don't tell somebody. Woe am I if I don't repost. You know, We have people coming and you know, people without fire, they become critical, cynical to try to excuse their lack of encountering God. So we had some people this week, we posted about Mason and, you know, the media team did a great job. They had the camera right there and, you know, that's a little bit of pressure when you're the one praying because <laughs> if nothing happens, they captured that too. <laughs> but they captured it and, and we saw the, the miracle and <clears throat> we, we went to repost that and then people wrote on there, the camera looks different, the, the lighting looks different, you know, did you Photoshop this? I'm thinking to myself, you can't get a, you can't get a 15-year-old to do anything they don't want to do. Come on. <laughs> and I'm like, in trying to negate the fact of what God did, but, but you, know, God is, is a God of miracles and sometimes we can become so cynical to try to defend our lack of spiritual activity. Yeah. You know People say, "Well, you, know, you, you don't just have to have the evidence of speaking in tongues, you can have other manifestations of the spirit, but then they have none. Because when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, the first thing that happened was they were filled with the Spirit. They began to speak in tongues. We looked through. The apostles came and they saw that the Gentiles had been filled with the Spirit. They said, did they speak with tongues? That was the evidence the apostolic council looked like. So that's still the evidence today. Can you still... Are there other manifestations of the Spirit? Yes, but the evidence of the infilling is not prophecy because that happened in the Old Testament. It's not healing because that happened before the, before the cross. The disciples were healing. It was the evidence of speaking in tongues. But people will say, well, I don't believe in the evidence. You can have other gifts, but there's no gifts operating. Are you here? We try to come up to explain our lack of spiritual activity, our lack of just obeying God. Just get filled, ask God, open your mouth, and do it. Are you here? And don't put your hope in that. It's not enough just to be speaking in tongues. You be speaking in tongues and your life's not right. You be speaking in tongues and your mind's somewhere else because your spirit's praying. But we need the fire of God on the inside of us. When the disciples went into a place, you've heard me say this. The, the Bible says that they said those who have turned the world upside down have come here too. What do people say when you show up? Do they meet you in church and be like, oh, I didn't know you were a Christian. This is your church? Why didn't you ever invite me? Are you here? Your neighbor shows up. What? You're a Christian? Because your fire is not shining. Our fire is not bright. Are you here? I I was at a conference recently and, you know, we were there and I was just going back to the green room because I wanted some chicken. I was hungry. And uh, I walked into the room and someone looked up and said, wow, when you walked in the room, I felt the atmosphere change. And I was like, not feeling very spiritual. I was looking for some chicken. I was a little embarrassed. But what, when, you, when you carry something, you shift atmospheres without trying. When there's fire, how many of you know, whether you're looking up or not, when fire comes, you feel the heat. When fire comes, there, there's action. We look at the fires, and we've had the fires in Northern California, and you know we pray they don't come, and we don't have that again. It's a terrible thing. But you look at those fires, it's wildfire. When that fire starts blowing, you can have an acre blown, you know, devoured in a few moments. The fire spreads. And so when the wind of God is moving, there's fire. Fire spreads. It's out of control. The wind goes wherever God wants it to go, and the fire spreads. And we can't begin to manage it and control it. That's why people don't like the fire of God. Well, we don't want to have fire in our service. Let's just have it in the back room once once every quarter where we do a leader's meeting. No, we need the fire of God because what's going to change? It's going to be God touching people through our lives. People honestly don't care about all our theology. There's so many books on theology, so many books on self-help. Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's got a Facebook account. But what is it? It's the the realness of, of life being changed, of seeing fire being changed, that we're burning for Jesus. And we learned last week that we have a responsibility for our own fire. You got to keep your fire burning. It's not your spouse's responsibility. You know, I love the fact, you know, we talk about women and women moving in the unseen. That doesn't mean men aren't supposed to move in the unseen. We're supposed to all move in the unseen. Women tend to be a bit more sensitive and they're more emotionally driven. But that doesn't mean men, we should be shut down. You know, I need to hear from God, so get my wife to pray. Tell me what he's saying, Lord. No, you're supposed to be the head of the house. You're supposed to lead. We're supposed to be getting into that place. Are you here? We all have our strengths. We all have our weaknesses, but we're all going to the top of the mountain. We all got to put into the work. Come on. Women, you know, we may be, you know, more intuitive, but we can't just live in the realm of intuitivity. You got to deal in the natural, too. Come on. Can't be just praying and in the clouds all the time. We have laundry to do. Are you here? Yeah. Sometimes we got to cook. Sometimes we got to clean. Not just women, but men too. We got to live in the natural. We got to work. Yeah. Some people, they can prophesy the house down, but they can't even pay their bills. Yeah. God wants us to be strong in both areas. And, and what are we, we're living testimonies. Yeah. Our life has been put on the altar as a living sacrifice. And when you're on the altar, there should be fire. Yeah. Don't just stay dead on the altar. Yeah. Let the fire come and come, move in resurrection, power, the same power that raised Christ from the dead. It's in us and it's flowing through us. In Exodus chapter three, we see Moses and God reveals himself to Moses through fire for the first time. It says, Moses was tending the flock of Jethro. Are you here this morning? And the priest of Midian was there, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. And Moses saw that through the bush, though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up? And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him within the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here am I. And the Lord said, do not come any closer. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. God began to reveal himself for the first time. And he reveals himself through a, a, a fiery bush that's on fire. Now, when, the, when a bush was on fire and consumed, within 10 seconds it should have been destroyed. Yeah. But the bush was on fire, but it was not consumed. It was not destroyed. It was consumed in the sense the fire consumed it, but it wasn't consumed in the sense it was destroyed. And so Moses, you know, he could have been going about his business. He could have been just, oh, that looks cool, and kept going. But Moses, there was something in him that was intuitive. There was something in him that was drawn to the supernatural. Some people, they move away from the supernatural. They're afraid of it. Even in church, sometimes we talk about demons, and be, ooh, demons. You know? If we're really uncomfortable, it may, might mean we have some we need to get rid of. On, yeah. But sometimes it's, oh, we're, we're, we're fearful. We don't need to be fearful of the supernatural. We don't to be fearful of demons. God defeated the devil on the cross 2,000 years ago. There's not a tug of war between God and the devil. The devil is a created being. He's not God. He's not omnipresent. He's not all powerful. The devil, in his heart, he never even said it. In his heart, he said, I'll be like God. I'll ascend to the throne of God. And by the time he finished thinking, God went boop. (laughs) And he was out of heaven and all those that agreed with him. God is all powerful. The devil's not. Sometimes in our our thought, where oh, the devil, the devil, the devil's coming after me. It's not the devil most of the time. It's the fact we have no fire. We have no presence in our life. The devil's not in your refrigerator. He's got more important things to do. Are you here? Well, the devil's attacking me. What nations are you shifting <laughs> that you're getting his attention? It's not many times we just blame uh, because of the lack of presence, the last of power that, that's there. Because when the fire of God is there, we're going to look. This morning, what happened? It takes care of most things in our life. Yeah. The bush should have been destroyed, but it wasn't. There was a blazing fire that was there, and God called him and said, "Moses, Moses, Moses, come." And Moses encountered the fire of God. And that's what we need as we look last week. We need to be a church that's burning, the church that's on fire. Not just here when we come together on Sunday or in our events, but we need to be on fire everywhere we go. We are the church. Tell your neighbor you're the church. Yes, the church. And you need to be on fire. So when people look to you, they look and you're, you're a sign and you're a wonder. Yeah. When you walk in the room, things change. When you're in a meeting, things change. You, the faith flows out of you. There's something about you. I don't know what it is, but there's just something about you. You know what it is. Because in the midst of darkness, the fire of God is burning. Fire is an aspect of God's presence that appeared to people, and it needs to be evident in our lives. We look at the children of Israel. There was a cloud by day that they followed, and at night there was a pillar by fire. God revealed himself as fire. We look at the tabernacle, and the glory of God would come down with fire and would consume the altar, and would consume the sacrifices. Come on, that's what we need as we give our offerings, as we come in, we we give our lives to God. That fire would come down because our our offering is is a sweet-smelling savor. It's aroma. Our life before God is evident by the fire of God in our life. We look at Elijah, and he cried out to the people of Israel and said, God is a God who answers by fire. And God answered by fire. God's word, the Bible tells us in Jeremiah, was like a burning fire. And he took the coal, and the angel touched his lips on the day of Pentecost. As they were in that place, a mighty wind came. But what happened? They were like tongues of fire. You know, and all the artists have this little flicker like that. I don't think that's what it's talking about. It didn't say it looked like fire, it, said it was likened unto fire. When fire blows, what happened? There's wildfire. It's a little bit messy. And that fire began to get in that room. It couldn't be contained. And they went out of that room and people thought they were drunk. I didn't get anybody excited this morning about that. (laughs) Come on, what if you get so on fire that you go out of church today and you go for lunch and you're so full of the life of God, people think you're drunk. I'm, I'm cutting you off. Sorry, no more for you. Because you're so filled with life. There's such freedom that's there in your life. There's such joy in your life that they acquaint it to someone that has no inhibition because they're drunk. It's amazing. We can come to church and, you know, we have our praise session and, you know, shout it out, make it loud, and nobody's getting loud. But we go to the football game. Everyone's shouting. I mean, come on, some of the most conservative men in our church when we had our Super Bowl Sunday party. I'm looking, I'm like, who is that person? <laughs> Come on, coming out of our shell, shouting, screaming, jumping up and down. But we can do that at football, but not in church for God. Wow. We need to break our inhibitions because sometimes God will break our inhibitions. You know, in the, in the Pentecostal movement, you see people, God would hit them and they go running around the room. Yeah. People would be saying, you're so full of the fire, God just told you to run. And I heard someone interview that time. I used to think that's a bit weird. Why are they in the flesh? Then I, someone asked, Why did you run around? God told me to run. And if I ran, He'd give me my breakthrough. Yes. And so, rather, we got to sit there so conservative, looking very pious, too spiritual. Sometimes God asks us to do crazy stuff. Sometimes He asked the Holy Spirit said, Spit in the mud and put it on a blind man, D- dip in the, in the dirty water. Are you here? All the things, why would God ask you to do that stuff? To get rid of your pride so that the fire can burn. So you can move out of the natural and your inhibition and into the supernatural. Some of us, God says, pray for somebody. We're too afraid to lay hands on people. God says, go get a passport. You're called to the nations. And oh, I don't have money. It's $250. Come, we got to start somewhere. we got t- to move with God. And when we, we get into the wind, the fire comes. The fire will spread. But God is a motion-sensitive God. We've got to have action. Those that weren't in the upper room didn't get the fire. Yeah. Are you here? Yeah. So it's important for us to be seeking the fire of God. On the day of Pentecost, it rested on each one of them. And that's our desire that each one of us would carry the fire of God. The Bible uses the word fire 549 times. There's 506 verses that talk about fire. The tabernacle, God said it must be illuminated with fire. There must be oil. We talked about that last week. If you missed it, check out the platforms, it's there. We've got to have the right oil so the fire is burning. Why do we need fire? A few reasons. Number one, we need fire when it's cold. It's been real hot here. Nobody's turning on their fire. You know, you don't really turn on your fire pit in the middle of July, August, or September in Southern California. But come on, how many of you know, when it's December, I love to sit by the fire. And I, I remember growing up, we'd go camping, and it's freezing. I've been up to Big Bear, and it gets, like, down to freezing, you're going to be hot in the day, and at night, you're shivering. And what we love to sit by the fire, we love to make s'mores. And the fire is warm. It keeps you toasty. When it's cold, we need the fire. In our country, faith has grown cold. Yeah. What's going to cause, spark a, a move of God? People that are full of fire. Yes. Revival is not for the world. revival's for the church. When we carry revival, we go out and we bring reformation. When we go out and fire comes, it starts fires in the lives of other people. The Philippian jailer, he got on fire, he encountered God, and guess what? He brought the fire home to his family, and they got on fire and received salvation and got baptized. As one is saved, the whole household will be saved. How are they going to get saved? Through you, through seeing you, through seeing how you've changed, how God's worked in your life, how the, the fire of God's purified your imperfections. Are you here? And how the fire for God and the passion for God is a zeal that cannot be contained. We need fire when it's cold. Number two, we need fire when it's dark. In Exodus, it talks about Moses and he stretched out his hand and darkness spread over Egypt. Darkness was felt and Moses stretches his hand toward the sky and total darkness covered Egypt for three days. No one could see anyone else or move about for three days. But the Israelites had light in the places that they lived. What does that speak of? They were God's people, and we're God's people. We're God's chosen people. We've been grafted in in the midst of darkness. Come on, the fire in our life needs to be light to people. It's a light, and we can be a light in the midst of darkness. God puts us in dark places. I was in Taiwan, I mentioned last week, and, you know, I preached in a church, and they're in a pub. And the pastor was telling me, oh, many pastors say, how can you be in the pub? It's not holy. And how can you dare have church in the pub? That's exactly what we should be having for church. Going into the dark places and bringing fire and being light. And guess what? The, the, the owner of the pub started donating to the church. The owner of the pub started coming to the service and sitting in the back. The owner of the pub said, I feel God wants me to give you an office here in this pub. And you can have this office as long as I'm in charge and do this. I give you this office for free. And sinners are starting to come in. Come on, that's what the church is about. We need to go in the midst of the darkness. But if you don't have fire, don't go in the midst of darkness because if you got dark, you're dark, you're going to get darker. You need fire to go into the places. When we're sent, we're sent with fire. And We go and we begin to shine in the midst of darkness. Thirdly, we need fire not just because it's cold, not just because it's dark, but we need fire when the wolves are after us. Sometimes there's wolves in us <laughs> that we're struggling with. Sometimes there's wolves around us. And what do we do? Some Christians are always complaining, oh, you know, the devil's attacking me. Oh, this is happening. This is happening. Why? Because you got no fire. Right. If you're in the wilderness and all the wild animals are out there and they're looking at you with their little eyes, like we see on the commercials, you know, in the TV and the cartoons, and they're predatory on you, what do you do? Make a big fire. Make a big old fire. Because guess what? Those animals are not coming anywhere near the fire. They're scared of the fire. Come on, we ain't got the fire of God. We don't have to worry. The devil will run from us. Submit to God. Resist the devil. He'll flee. And you can be sleeping like a little baby right there by the fire and not worry about the predators. Amen. Bible says in Matthew 7 verse 15, beware of the false prophets would come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravaging wolves. When we have fire, there's discernment that's there. We're able to discern what is God because guess what? When we get around the wrong thing, the fire starts to flicker. Yeah. When we get around the right thing, you get around people of like and precious faith, woo the fire gets more excited. Are you here? That's why connect group's important. That's why the Bible says don't forsake this get together of the saints, your fire goes out. Yeah. Are you here? Yeah. Number four, we need fire when you're lost. I was reading a story about a survivor of a shipwreck. And he was on this deserted island, and he took all of the resources. He had limited food. He had limited shelter. He built a shelter, and he was out, and he was fishing, and he was trying to find food. And he came back. And when he came back, the place where he was at, his hut had been burnt, destroyed all of his food had been burnt up it was fuel for the fire and he was so upset he looked at God and said God why did you allow this to happen and he cries himself to sleep the next morning he wakes up and he hears the sound of a ship and they rescue him and he asked the captain he said how did you know I was here and the captain says I saw the smoke signal coming from your fire Sometimes we need fire in the midst of God destroying the things of the flesh. What is he doing? He's making a way of escape for us. Come on. All things work together for the good of those that serve the Lord. We need fire when we're lost. Number five, we need fire when something needs to be proved. We live in a world where everyone has their own ideas. I mentioned everybody has their own philosophy First Kings chapter eighteen verse twenty four. We don't time to look at the whole story, but it's the story of Elijah. And he's there, and the prophets of Baal are there. There's, they're there, and they're they're moving and, and worshiping and serving false gods. There's a false authority that's there. We know the story of Jezebel and Ahab. And what does he say? He comes and and he comes before them, and he tells the prophets of Baal. In, in verse twenty four, he says, "You call on the name of your god, and I'll call on the name of my lord." And the God who answers by fire, he's God. And all the people said, what you say is good. So what did he do? He poured water. He put more wood. He did everything he could to try to get God to show off. You think, how could you do that? How could you test God? Because he knew God was God. Water was the most precious thing. They're pouring water there and all the people are drooling. Because water was in short supply. And he made it as an offering to God. And guess what? The prophets of Baal cut themselves. They do all their little jimbo-jumbo, all their little chanting, all their little dances, and nothing happens. And Elijah, he calls to the true and living God who answers by fire, and the all-consuming fire comes down and burns up everything. It was not a drop of water that was left. Sometimes we need to be God provers. Yeah. Sometimes we need to be bold. We need to pray for the sick. We need to believe God for healing. We need to believe that He's the God of the miracle. We need to believe God that He's He's, He's there for the hopeless. Yes. I was recently in Melbourne, and when I was there, Ethan and I had an afternoon and we went to go find something to eat. We went to Victoria square there and they have their outdoor markets there and they were having a food fest. I mean, there were thousands of people there. You could barely move. We ended up eating there because the lines were too long. But in the midst of that, they had all these little tents there with the palm reader, with the tarot card person, with the person, you know, come and get your fortune told. And the line was as long as the food line. And I was thinking to myself, we should have church here. Come on, let's go get us a tent and set up a ter- church here and said, who wants to know what God is saying for you? Yeah. Yeah. Come on, people are hungry for the supernatural. When we were in Bible school, we used to go down to Laguna Beach just looking for anything that moved that we could pray for, that we could witness to, that we could do. You know, and you used to have a lot of fortune tellers and all that, a lot of that's closed down now, but it's, you know, Laguna Beach is a wild place. I mean, you can do anything there. Hello, welcome to Orange County. All right. And, and so we go down and we believe God. And we go down and we, we, we pray. And we go around and we do stuff. And, and, and I've heard pastors and prophets, they've done this. And they went down and they, they minister to people. And all the people that operated their demons, they got upset. Could you leave? Because when you're here, we can't operate. Why? Because greater is he who's in us than he's in the world. And I'm not talking about fortune telling here. I'm talking about answering the cry for the supernatural. People are tired of dead religion. People are tired of the form of godliness where there's no power. And we need to be the church that's on fire that we can prove that God is a living God. Well, I'm an atheist. Well, is it okay I pray for you? What? You don't believe in God, but I do. Is it okay? And then God starts telling you what he wants to say to that person that nobody knows but God and that person. Be a God prover. I don't believe in demons. You know, I've been in some churches, they don't believe in demons. And what happens? People start manifesting. A woman's talking in a man's voice, slithering like a snake. I'm like, pastor, come here. That's a demon. Well, I don't believe in demons. What is that? Come on, Manifests. It changes the debate of you think, I think. I don't believe it. God heals. Well, we have documentation of God heals. I have documentation all over the world and the nation. Yeah. God is a miracle worker. He's still a miracle worker. Does he do it every time? No. But guess what? We need to fan the fire so he does. Come on, let's believe this is a cancer-free zone. Come on, people with cancer walk into a live church, and the fire of God is alive, and they get healed. People with problems, they get healed. People in our church, our people, we don't have many funerals because our people all live to be in their hundreds. You're going to die one day, we're all terminal. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. But come on, we live a long life. We're not taken out before our time. We're living firm. We still have our mental faculties. We might move a little slower, but come on, we're still moving. Yeah. and we get the young people to help us, come on. Yeah. And believe God that we can be that with the children of Israel that their way. in the Old Testament, before Jesus came, their shoes didn't wear out. They didn't fall sick. Manna came from heaven every day. Are you here? They were in a place where God took care of them because the glory of God was there. The cloud was over them. There was a pillar of fire. It gets cold in the winter. It gets cold in the desert at night. It's hot in the day and freezing at night. But God was there to protect them from the sun. God was there to warm them at night. Can you say amen? Amen. We need fire so that we can prove the power of God. How do we find revival fire? Three ways. Number one, there's fire in prayer. We need to pray. Isaiah 6, verse 6 says this The one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, and he had taken the long, the, the, with the tongs from the altar, with it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin has been atoned for. That was the prophetic act in the Old Testament that shows what happened when God comes into our life. When Jesus comes, come on, what does he do? He purifies us so that we can now boldly approach the throne of grace, that we can come and whatever we ask for in prayer, it will be given to us, it will be done when we pray. That we can boldly approach the throne of grace as we come and we worship, that that in the natural we might not see God, but God, angels are ascending down. This is the gate of heaven. God's presence is manifested. And we sense his presence. In Matthew 6, verse 6, the Bible says, When you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is in seeing. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Yeah. When we spend time with God, the fire is fanned in our life. When we spend time with God, the fire begins to grow in our lives. And what happens? What happens in private begins to be in public. I remember you know, sometimes the youth, and we see the youth, and you look at them, and they don't look so spiritual sometimes. They may not look the typical Christian east, but come some of the youth, when they pray, I'm like, what was that? Yeah. Because when they pray, they touch heaven. Yeah. When they pray, there's an authority that's there. And you look, where did that come from? Because they've been with God. Well, we get people that come up, and it's not well. You know, look at me. I've been praying, and I take my little selfie and post it on Instagram. Here I am, hands up, available and spiritual. <laughs> come on, what, what 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 happens in private? God will reward in secret. I'm not. I'm just joking. I'm not saying you can't post it. But but are we doing it to be seen? Are we doing it before God? Because you do it before God, he'll reward and open. You know, we fast and it's okay to fast. And, but don't be going around, oh, what's wrong with you? Oh, I'm just fasting. It's terrible. <laughs> sympathy, sympathy, sympathy. <laughs> oh, I'm fasting. I'm spiritual. I'm on a 21-day fast. Have you ever fasted before? That's your reward. The Bible says, wipe your forehead. Put a smile on your face. Don't do it not to be seen by men, but to be seen by God. And God will reward in secret. Come on, if you are a worshiper in private, when you take the microphone up here, glory falls. But you can rehearse all you want to rehearse. You can practice all you want to practice. If you've not been with God, it's not going to show up on stage. What happens privately, God rewards publicly. And we need to be a people. Come on, are we praying privately? Are we seeking God? Are we having our time with God? Or we just pray when we come to church. We just pray when we come to connect group. Are we building and going to our secret place? We have the responsibility to fan our own fire. Yes. It happens in prayer. I like the musicians to come. Number two, the fire is found in the Word of God. When the Holy Spirit takes the Word and it becomes a rhema, it's alive, it's full of fi- power. There's fire in it. Yeah. I remember when I first read the Word of God, I'm like, I told my mom I had the Bible, the Bible speaks to me. God talked to me. Why? It put fire in my belly. That scripture came alive. It was on fire. Yes. It began to burn in my heart. I began to meditate on it. It began to speak. There was life in it. It wasn't just a book. It wasn't just history. Yeah. It came alive. It was full of power. Amen. Jeremiah 20 verse 9. Bible says, God said, I will not make mention of him nor speak anymore in his name, but his word was in my heart. Jeremiah says, Like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back. I could not. When there's fire in you, you got to tell somebody. I got a revelation. I can't wait to come to Connect Group and let it loose. I didn't preach, you know, I've been preaching other places, but I didn't preach for a month here. And I had my word. I got four sermons ready. Let's go. We got to release some fire. Because I know what God's going to do. There's fire that's there. The word of the Lord comes. The written word becomes the rhema. And then there's the prophetic word. Next week, I'll share with you, I, I received three pro- prophetic words when I was in Melbourne. Every meeting I went in, nobody really knew me. I'm not so known in Australia. The senior pastor knew me, and I was there, and I'm sitting on the third row. And first session, you on the third row. Fire getting my belly. I had another session, you, and there was a prophetic word. I went to their presbytery to see how they do it and sat more towards the back. You right there at the back. There's a prophetic word that comes. We got to encourage it. And come on, it sets you on fire. Nobody knows, but God knows. And you're on the other side of the world. And God knows your name. And God's revealing through people who don't even know who you are. Come on, put some fire in you. Like, I can't wait to get home. I, I, we went to Taiwan at a great time. But I'm like, I, we need to come back to Southern California because there's a move of God. There's a fire that's coming forth. Come on, we got to get back into the purpose of what God's going to do. And I see the fire. When I see cold people come in, I don't care because fire's there. I see them lit on fire. I see the prophetic potential we see the restoration we see people coming in I was talking to Pastor Troy earlier and he was saying he talked to someone and it was telling about some some people in the church and they're on fire and they're doing well and he's like I never would have seen that I never would have known that that blessed me because it's good ground but guess what? Because you get in the fire, you get on fire. The elite, likely person. The foolish things of the world. God confounds the Why? David was on fire. He's in the presence of God. Praying, worshiping, writing the Psalms, singing to the sheep. No platform but sheep. And God sends a prophet to the house of Jesse and says, I'm going to anoint the next king. I'm going to anoint a man who's after my heart. And he lines up all the sons and says, nope, 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 nope. Gets to the end of the line. Is that it? Well, we do have this bastard boy. But it couldn't be him. And the prophet says, bring him home. They go to the pastor and David comes sheepishly, dealing with rejection. I mean, they didn't even invite him when the prophet said, come. And the word of the Lord comes that this is my chosen man that will rule in my stead and my anointings come. And he took the oil and he poured the oil upon him. God anointed him. Come on. And you're in the place of, of, of prayer. God will take you out of obscurity and give you the platform. Come There's people right now that are promoting their ministry. They're out there promoting their ministry, but they got no fire. Yeah. But there's people in the caves at the feet of God, getting downloads, getting assignments from God. Come on. And they're going to come out of the caves with the fire of the Lord in their mouth and they don't care what people think. They just want God. They just want revival. They just want the move of God. John the Baptist came out of the fire with locusts and honey. Come on, he didn't even take a shower. He didn't put on his preacher suit. He didn't get his preacher's haircut. He didn't whiten his teeth and freshen his breath but he came with the word of the Lord and the authority of God. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he said, I've come and I'm gonna baptize you with water, but there's one who's gonna come and baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. The fire comes from the word of God. The fire comes from prayer. Thirdly, the fire comes from just walking with Jesus. If you just walk with Jesus, if you're just in the wind of his spirit, if you're just willing and obedience, what will happen? The fire that's been given, the measure that's been given to you, it will grow and it will get stronger and God will bring the right women and the right men to impart of you. I've had many of God's greats call me out of obscurity. I remember I was in Singapore and I was just ushering behind the scenes and Pastor Benny Hinn was there. All the senior pastors are on the front row and he's like, you, yes, you, the white guy. I was in the midst of obscurity. He calls me out and starts prophesying over me. I was so embarrassed. I said, oh, my senior pastor's there. And then he called him forward. God began to impart and God began to come and and the power of God was in, who am I? I'm just serving, just ushering, just doing what needs to be done, just catching people, just making sure that people have their bulletins and, and their seats there and the air conditioning feels good. God will cause people to sow and to speak and to fan the fire when we're walking with Jesus. Luke 24, verse 32, last verse. They said to one another, did you not, did your heart not burn? within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us. When you spend time with Jesus in prayer, when you're in his word, when you're walking with Jesus, there's something on the inside of you. where we, we left a move of God to come. Why God put a word in our heart. I'm gonna give you a key to the West Coast to begin to bring revival and open up things that have been locked People, prophetic words came and said, we're going to unlock and begin to re-dig the wells that dirt has come and religion has come, but there's a well of healing in Southern California. Come on, there's a well of a a Jesus movement. Come on, and and not just us. There's others that have a part to play, but that burns in our heart where we'll come because woe am I if I don't preach it. It's, It's burning in our heart. There's a fire that gets us going. And we have to fan that flame. Sometimes it starts dwindling a little bit and we gotta remind ourselves, that's why Paul told Timothy, stir up the fire that came through the prophetic words concerning you. Stir up the fire of the faith that was parted to you through your grandmother and your mother Eunice. Stir it up. Start a fire. The fire's on the inside of us, friends, but we've gotta stir it up. Where's your fire this morning? Let's stand on our feet. There's a need, there's a demand. Nothing less than a move of God is what we need in our day and age. But come on, we've gotta get the fire. We gotta begin to seek God and lay hold of the horns of the altar and begin to cry out to God for our family, begin to cry out to God for our schools, begin to cry out to God for our cities, begin to cry out to God for our government, begin to cry out to God for for the homosexual community, for, for Hollywood, cry out to God. We've got to be in the word and seeking God for his word and, and warring with the prophetic word. And we've got to keep walking with Jesus and say, God, Jesus, wherever you lead us, we will follow. Doesn't matter what it looks like in the natural. We just want you, God. And obedience is the thing that we want because woe am I if I don't fulfill my call that I'm living for the opinion of one that one day I'll hear you say, well done, J.P., Well done, Troy, Anna and Susan. Well done, Patsy. Well done, Stephen. Well done, my good and faithful servant that we're living for him. Come on, we gotta keep the fire alive. Come on, when fire's alive, come on, nothing else matters. We just want God. And that fire is a consuming fire that flows through us. It proves that he's alive. Come on, that's what people are looking for. They're looking for a purpose that's larger than themselves. They're looking for something that's real. And come on, we have it on the inside. It's heaven on the inside. of us lift up your hands. We're gonna cry out to God. Oh, ¡Vamos!